That's awesome because we're about to start another exciting episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the Boy. <laughs> yep, and uh, a mighty fun one too. Should I? Uh, should I just let you get right into it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, first, <laughs> very quickly, Chase Young. He's back in the fold. Yeah, uh, I was, from all the accounts I was hearing, it sounded like it was going to be two games. Uh, I didn't think it'd be the full four, uh, which is, is fine. Stupid rule, we already discussed it in length, but, you know, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad he. it's only two and he'll be able to come back and be dominant for the, you know, the tough games. Yeah, I think so. I, I think... Uh... I think he's going to have a lot of pent-up aggression to take out on Penn State, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I think the only thing I would add about this is uh, it is interesting how times have changed. I think if this were to have happened maybe five, even just five years ago, I think the media would have been different than it was this year. I mean, it really felt like everybody was on Chase Young's side. That is true. He, he did break a rule. Um, you know, let's not forget that. Silly rule. We already talked about it. But the fact was that he did break a rule. And, and I think even just five years ago, a lot of people would have lambasted him for it. And I think this year he had a lot more uh, media folks on his side. And uh, I think that helped. I think the CAs did it quickly. I think they figured, you know what? This is fairly trivial. I don't think we want to... With everything that's going on right now, I don't think we want to mess with this. So. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, especially over the past five years, I mean, the NCAA has gotten you know a lot more negativity. I mean, a lot of people have been more disgruntled, not with only the way they handle things, but I think just with the NCAA in general uh, for you know silly things like this. And so, um, to their credit, I think they. Did handle it quickly, handled it well, and, you know, what's done is done. Yep. And, uh, of course, we already talked about it. We, you know, they won't miss Chase Young at all, you know, Maryland game, and, of course, against Rutgers. So get him some good rest and uh, ready to come back to kick the crap out of Penn State. That's right. And, and, and that's just it. You know, what I'm looking forward to and getting way, way, way ahead of myself is – Unless something crazy happens this weekend, Ohio State will tie the record uh, for 10 straight games with a better than 24-point differential. Uh, They would tie the 1971 Nebraska Cornhuskers. They've already tied their own uh, nine because the 73 team uh, did it nine straight games. Um, So this would be... Uh, breaking their their school record, then they would tie the national record, and it, it just seems to be setting up. You know, Chase Young being back from the aggression, and, and frankly, the reality is, if Ohio State beats Penn State next week, they don't. They're in the Big Ten championship. Yes, they doesn't are. matter what doesn't matter what happens against Michigan, and I think I think that's key because I think it offers its own type of motivation for Penn State. Even though 
they were going to be up for Penn State. It's a special kind of motivation because Michigan has its own motivation, and they will have their own motivation. You know, right. so I, I think I think they get up for that Penn State game, and they'll be able to get right back up for Michigan. Well, I think especially too because uh, Penn State, if they beat Indiana this weekend, I mean, if they if Penn State were to beat Ohio State, I mean, Penn State would be going to the Big Ten championship game because. Right. They're not they're not going to lose to Rutgers and so I mean that that game pretty much decides the Big 10 East unless Penn uh, State loses this weekend so Yeah, which hey, Indiana 7 and 2 um but maybe touch on that in the, in a second um so yep, Chase Young's back. I, I think it bodes well for Ohio State and I think with that we'll jump right into this college football playoff BS. I mean, I'm sorry. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, playoff rankings. Uh-huh. Uh, because it is major BS. And yes, I have come ready to drop some data bombs. <laughs> all right. Data bombs. I, I know you would. Let's, let's hear all the data bombs. Well, I mean, this is going to be a lot. So I don't know if you want to. Start with anything, anything that uh, jumped out Um, to you. So I think the biggest things going in was where they would put Alabama and then where they would put Minnesota. Um, I'm not surprised Minnesota is in the top 10. I am a little bit surprised. They're just, they they went with a safe choice and they put Minnesota ahead of a couple one-loss teams, and they put them behind a few one-loss teams. You know, still like they don't believe in Minnesota, even though they had a really quality win. And so we're just going to sit them right there until they, you know, prove more, and then you know they'll boost them up. Um, mm-hmm. And they did that with Minnesota. They haven't even and Baylor. They Baylor's sitting at thirteen, and they're nine and zero, which is a crock. Because maybe. And there's no maybe. They should be ahead of two lost teams in front of them. Probably. Um, are they <clears throat> as good as all the top ten? Probably not, but they should be sitting there in the top ten. Even though they've won close games, they found a way to win. Um, and they, of course, don't have a blemish like all those other teams right. do. So um, the biggest thing, of course, otherwise, was Alabama. Um, Ridiculous. I'm not surprised that they put them right at five. Um, I'm honestly, frankly, surprised they didn't put them right at four. But truthfully, Alabama should be probably down around seven somewhere behind Oregon. I behind, think you're probably about right. Behind Georgia. But I don't know behind, about Oregon. What? I said I don't know about Oregon, but the, the, I, I think Bama should probably be ahead of Georgia. Yeah, it's it's tight call. I th- I mean, yeah, I think they probably should because Georgia still has the awful South Carolina loss. Georgia should be Georgia should be behind most of the one loss teams. Mm-hmm. But I'm here we are. Yeah, but here we are. <laughs> okay, but anything? I mean, was there anything that you thought was just way? that you had a major issue with? I mean, my biggest issue was with Alabama at five, well, Georgia at four and Alabama at five. Okay. 
and that because now you have three SEC teams in the top five, and I, you know, you're supposed to put, of course, the best four teams in. And at this point in time, I don't think you can say unequivocally that either Georgia or Alabama are one of the four best teams. No, I don't think you can. I really don't. As a matter of fact, you know, I, you know, before I get into the data bombs, uh, you know, just listening to. Yes, I was put off by Georgia and Bama being where they were, very much so. But I think what upset me more is just hearing the talking heads. I mean, it really did feel like uh, there was a, a, a talking point memo that went out to everybody on ESPN not long after the rankings were released. Because ever since then, they have just been talking about uh, that it makes sense to them that Georgia and Bama are that high. You know, like we, the unwashed masses, we're just so dumb. How could we even possibly question this, right? Right. I mean, they are all over it. Oh, my I, gosh, they are. I, I assume that they would be a little bit, but, you know, just the way they were talking prior uh, to to this week, you know, because there were some, some good accolades for not just Ohio State, but for a couple of other teams. And, and the way they were talking about it after that first playoff ranking i thought okay yes they are still sec shills but maybe they'll dial it back a little bit no it's like they've redoubled their efforts <laughs> they are just going all gung-ho on sec and uh mackle i'm sorry mackleroy uh from <laughs> I, I mean he was making fun of uh, minnesota uh he was making fun of oklahoma and these teams i think dude I think a couple of these could actually beat Bama right now. You know, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was really, it's been very sick to watch. In fact, I didn't even bother watching the, uh, I usually, you know, to, um, keep informed, right. I watch the big show every day. Uh, cause obviously I'm a Buckeye and big 10 fan. Uh, but I typically watch and you know me, you know, I hate watching ESPN, right. But mm -hmm. I actually watch college football live every day with, uh, you know, you know, Galloway Pollock and some of these others. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I, I refused to watch it today. I couldn't sit and listen to this crap <laughs> uh, <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And to that point, uh, I, uh, what really irked me uh, is Joey Gallo, who I can't stand. No. He made the comment uh, on the show, the college football uh, ranking show yesterday night, that you know, oh, if you if you look at the Minnesota Penn State game, you know that that game game really wasn't as close, you know, as it seemed. Minnesota really dominated the game, yeah. and and he was okay with their ranking. But then he goes to Alabama. Well, Alabama played you know LSU really close. You know that's a great loss. You know, uh, without even the fact that Alabama got dominated for pretty much the whole game. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, and I was thinking about this, both in terms of um, Alabama and, frankly, anybody else. It's kind of take the opposite perspective. They keep saying, you know, oh, they want to prop up Alabama. So, you, you know, they have this, this great loss. Well, why don't you look at the flip side of it? I would actually maybe – why won't you ding LSU for playing so close to this team that hasn't played anybody? Alabama doesn't really have a very good resume, and LSU only beat them by five points. 
shouldn't that speak poorly of LSU? Right? Why is it that we give LSU a pass and Bama is automatically this great team? Newsflash, LSU gave up over 40 freaking points. And, yeah, and, and over and 400 passing yards alone. Yeah, 400 passing yards. And this is the third game that they've given up over 38 points. Ohio State hasn't even come close to that. And Ohio State arguably has played as tough or tougher of a schedule. And I'll get to that with my data bombs here in a little bit. But that, that's one of the things that interests me is they, you know, they, they want to jump right at Bama playing this uh, highly ranked team so close. What about the other side of it, right? LSU, maybe they've got some issues. You know, maybe it's not about Alabama having a great loss. Maybe it's about LSU probably having somewhat of a mediocre win. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because if you do look at it, I mean, who's Alabama's best win against? Texas A&M? Yeah. And their best win of the whole season is going to most likely be against a three-loss Auburn, you know, if they lose this weekend. Maybe there'll be two losses, I don't know. But still, you're going to have a – they're only going to have one ranked team. I would not be Auburn. surprised if Auburn wins this weekend. Uh, we'll get to that on the uh, the next show, but uh, I would not be surprised by that one. I wouldn't be surprised either, but – yeah, and so if you look at throughout the end of the year, you know Auburn's going to be the only ranked team that Alabama's going to going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if, I don't know. It's yeah. I, I think the only other thing for me is just again the inconsistency. You know, Minnesota. They they beat to your point. They dominate a top four team. Uh, and, oh, well, you know, you know, they just haven't played anybody else. Okay, well, Bama hasn't played anybody either, right? And so they both played in the same weekend. Neither one had played anybody. And then in the same weekend, they both play a top four team. Minnesota wins, Bama loses. Let's rank Bama ahead of Minnesota. It, it, what? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It, it's inconsistent. So, I don't know. And, well, I, and the, I, yeah. The other ahead. thing that's inconsistent, I mean, you know, they really want to. It's like they're completely, because Georgia's SEC, they're completely turning on, you know, from last year because Oklahoma, you know, even though Kansas State is still ranked after losing to Texas. You know that was a, a bad loss, and so they're they're still sitting at number ten because of that. But Georgia, oh no, even though they had those two quote unquote quality wins, I mean they mm-hmm. still lost to a four and six South Carolina team, which is right. much worse. It uh, is. It's, it's it just mind boggling. I, I agree with that. Um, but with that, I mean I'll use that as the segue to jump into this this very rich and uh, steamy rich data set that I've got here. Uh, So what I did is I basically went out and looked at the uh, CBS top 130, uh, because I had to start somewhere, right? Um, And I looked at the rankings and I looked at each of the teams you know, that are theoretically in that top 20, in the 
you know, the college football top 20, um, looked at the CBS and, and then I went through the schedules of about 20 different teams and I put together like 40 different categories and, you know, these categories were, Hey, um, rankings, you know, one through five, uh, five through 10 or five through 15, 15 through 25, 26 to 41. And just kind of went from there. Right. And I would look at, uh, say Georgia and then go through each one and, uh, give them a certain amount of points if they, you know, depending on where that team was ranked that they played, you know, so uh, I use them because if you look at South Carolina, I think they're ranked like 81. And, and due to that, I, I took off a lot of points, you know, it goes back to our, our point stratification system that we talked about. Right? right. And so I did this and I came out with a top 20 ranking and in my top four, for that ranking, I had LSU number one. I had Ohio State number two. I had Auburn at number three. Really? Yeah. And, and so I'm looking. There are a lot of other interesting anomalies as well. I had Baylor at six, Minnesota at five, Clemson at 12, Oklahoma wow. at 14. And, and so I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, and, and it kind of goes back to these SEC shields, there's something wrong here. Wrong here. Either A, they are definitely SEC shields, and they just don't want to admit it, or two, they just don't do their research, right? Because even with that ranking, I'm like, that's not. There's something not right there, because that that college football 130 by CBS, it's just a reflection of the AP poll, of the coaches poll, of the college football playoff rankings, which start at the beginning of the year. Right. So what right. I did is I kind of changed my mindset a little bit. You remember how I described I did the comparison of the SEC and the Big Ten. Right. Right. And I basically concluded that, you know, Big Ten's a better conference. Mm -hmm. Well, I went through and I did the same analysis for all the Power Five conferences. And here's what's really interesting. Let me go to this. Let me find that data set here very quickly. SEC is not even the second best conference. Take a wild guess as to who I came out being the second best conference. The Pac-12? Big 12. Big 12, yeah. The Big 12 in almost every category, there's only one category where the SEC is maybe slightly better. 38% um, of the Big 12's out-of-conference wins were due to them playing FCS opponents, where that number was 33% for Alabama. Otherwise, it's not even close. Um, Big 12 has won 80% of their out-of-conference games versus uh, the SEC winning only 72% of theirs. The Big 12 has won 90% of their group of five games, only 1% better than the Big 10 in that category, where, again, the SEC was like, uh, hold on, let me find it again. SEC had only won 60% of the group of five games. In Power Five competition, the SEC was six and five, and the Big 12, six and four. So slightly better in the Power Five, immensely better in the group of five, and on the overall, a much higher winning percentage, 80% to 72 to the SEC. 
So your best conference coming into this year or coming into this period of the year, after you played your out-of-conference games, after you played several conference games, the best conference is the Big Ten. The second best conference is the Big 12. Now, when I rack and stack with the rest, SEC does come out uh, as a clear number three conference. Uh, what was also interesting when I did this was that there isn't much difference between the Pac-12 and the ACC. And, and frankly, yeah. I struggled before I finally chose the Pac-12 as the number four conference over the ACC. So this is important, right? Because what I did then was like, okay, I know that these are the, uh, the strength of the conferences in this order, right? We've, we, we are three quarters of the way through the year. So at this point, when you go look at the standings of each conference, you can break every conference into five categories. You're elite in that conference. Uh, the high quality ones in that conference, kind of your middle of the pack in that conference, your lower tier, and then your bottom dwellers. So I did that. I took each of them and I divided them into those five categories. And the first thought was, all right, so I will put a scoring on each of those five for each of the five conferences, starting with the Big Ten. They have the highest score for their elite teams. And what that means is if you beat one of those elite teams in the Big Ten, you are going to get a crap ton of points. Likewise, if you lose to one of the elite teams in the Big Ten, eh, you, you're not going to get as much subtracted from you, right? Right. But it didn't stop there. It's like, okay, well, how bad did you lose or how big did you win? So if you beat one of those elite teams in the Big Ten by, say, three touchdowns, then you got an amazing ton of points. Likewise, if you lose to one of the lower to the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten by three touchdowns, you're going to get a lot of points taken away, but not as much as if you lost to, say, a bottom dweller of the MAC conference. So at the end of the day, I had 300 separate buckets. Okay. 300 buckets of points from, from the elite team in the Big Ten all the way down to the lowest team in the MAC. And the MAC is the lowest level conference out of the, the 10, right? Okay. So, okay, now I have these 300 buckets. I took those same 20 teams that I poured through in that other scenario, and I came up with what I really think should be the top 20. And, and transparently, uh, I only got through 16 of them uh, before we jumped on here. <laughs> but okay. I can give you those top 16. All right, let's hear it. Are you ready? Are you excited? Uh, yeah. With a total of 4,400 <laughs> points. Jesus. The number one team in the country is... LSU. The Ohio State University. Really? Uh -huh. Yes, because keep in mind, the Big Ten is the strongest conference. Coming in with 4,100 points at number two, Louisiana State University. Coming in at number three with 3,470 points. Take, take a guess. 
your two-loss Auburn? No, the Clemson Tigers. Oh. Surprising there, right? Yeah. And what what that should say is you and I get this. I think some people will get it. I think the first reaction will be, oh, well, you're a Big Ten fan. You put the Big Ten number one. No, I did it based off of data, right? Uh, but to kind of back that up, I got the ACC as the worst conference. You know, their elite scores, win or lose, are much less than the elite scores of the Big Ten, and they're much less than the elite scores of the SEC. Yet, through all of that, Clemson still comes out at number three. Number four, with 3,330 points. Who do you think that number four spot goes to? The playoffs were to start today. That number four spot (laughs) goes to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Okay. Number five, with 3,280 points, Penn State. Number six, with 3,270 points, the Baylor Bears. Number seven with 3,040 points, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Number eight with 3,020 points, the Georgia Bulldogs. So here, I, I want to use this as a, as a way to kind of back this up is that is I am trying to be as unbiased as I can because you know how I could not stand this all started with Georgia in my opinion being ranked way 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 too high and yet I've actually got them at number eight in front of other teams that people would probably argue to be in front of them yeah number nine 2,780 points Oklahoma Sooners Number 10, with 2,570 points, the Oregon Ducks. Take a wild guess who is at number 11 with 2,530 points. You'll never guess this one. Number 11. Who do you think that is? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Meat chicken. You're exactly right. The team (laughs) up north comes out. At number 11 in this scenario. Number 12 with 2,490 hmm. points, the Florida Gators. Number 13, this is a good one. Number 13 with 2,460 points, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Wow. Number 14 with 2,410 points, the Wisconsin Badgers. Number 15. With 2,390 points, the Auburn Tigers, number 16. Like I said, that's all I got through. Can you take a wild guess who I've got at number 16? With 2,380, it's a team that you probably thought would have been in the top 10. Uh, Utah? Yep. Utah Utes sitting there at 16. Hmm. And the real difference between them and Oregon being their loss. Right. Utah got a lot more points subtracted from them than uh, than Oregon did. Hmm. It, uh, definitely an interesting list. Sometimes you have to give me the rundown of how you got thousands upon thousands of points for each of these teams. Well, do you, do you have Excel? Do you have Microsoft I do have Excel? I can send you the spreadsheet and you can look through it. 
right. Because one of the things I'll admit, I just came up with this idea today. And as you can appreciate, when I have 300 buckets, the points to come up with, it, it took a while, right? Yeah, I can imagine. So what I will fully admit is it may not be perfect. Not perfect. Most likely not perfect. But it's pretty directionally correct. Each at each point I'm in there, I, I get to the middle, right? And I'm in, I, 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 and I'm putting a, a score in for. Okay, if you lose between six and fifteen points to the middle of the SEC, and I look somewhere else in the matrix and I see that point being, oh, that's the same amount of points as if you were to beat an elite teams. From say the Sun Belt, and I'm thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Think about the Sun Belt, Appalachian State. They just beat South Carolina, a middle team in the SEC. Is actually South Carolina. Now, one of the things that, after doing this exercise, I actually started giving South Carolina more credit than I did originally, because when I did it based off of those rankings with them at 81. I looked at them in a much harsher light than when I looked at it in terms of relative conference strength. You know, SEC, it's not the best conference, and that's part of the problem. They don't want to let go of the fact that it's not the best conference. It's the middle conference. Yet, South Carolina, relative to everyone else in the conference, is in the middle of the pack of the middle conference, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not that bad. They're not extremely terrible. They're bad, but they're not that bad. But Georgia got penalized for it. Had Georgia not lost that game, Georgia very easily could be in the top two, if not number one. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's a interesting data set, especially... Uh, just even, you know, from, well, all 16 teams. I mean, really the top three you could kind of guess, but even from four to well, four all the way to 16 is, is pretty crazy itself. Well, and I think that's, it's crazy because we've been uh, force fed this BS and it's not just the SEC, you know, I, I think, you know, we're at fault to a degree. Um, you know, Ohio State, you know, thankfully is one of the premier brands, you know, and you know, people latch onto that. It just so happens that they are probably the best team in the country this year. That notwithstanding, we're, we're always force fed to believe that Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, they're always better than Baylor. They're always better than Minnesota. It doesn't matter what happens. These teams are always better than uh, Wisconsin and Cincinnati, right? That's what we're always force-fed to believe. And frankly, as I started looking at this, I'm thinking, you know what? This kind of makes sense to me. You know, I, I, I do think, you know, you got Baylor at number six, Alabama at number seven. If Bama played Baylor on a neutral field today, I believe Bama would win a relatively close game. So all this is saying is that, you know what? Compared to what you've both done so far this year, Baylor deserves 
to be higher ranked than you by a little bit, and that's all they are. Right, but a little bit of devil's advocate, you know, it's not about who's the most deserving, it's who's the best. But the thing is, is without objective measures, you can't declare that. No, I know. You know? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. I wish there was more objectivity. I just don't really... I, I wish they laid a foundation of which... Um, they tell us the major metrics in which they use, but they don't tell us how they go about doing anything, how they go about comparing teams. I don't think they do. I don't know if you read um, uh, Tony Gerdeman um, on Ozone. A really good writer. Uh, I don't know. Do you read any of his stuff on the Ozone? No, I I don't. Sometimes it can become, you know, he's got a style that, um, you know, after you read it for a while, it's like, okay, uh, that sounds exactly like something he would say. But he's very clever and very funny, and he has been this year all over this SEC bias. And his latest article out there, it kind of talks to some of that. You know, with with this last playoff ranking, it was clear they didn't even discuss some of these teams together. It it almost felt like with all of the statements that were being made, nobody ever even actually stopped to bother to actually compare Minnesota to Alabama. They just basically went with the name, the name brands, yeah. and in their preconceived notions. Yeah, I pretty much. I mean, if you look at, I mean, even the the top was it top eleven, mm-hmm. um, or top twelve? I mean, how many SEC teams? You have five SEC teams, SEC teams in that top twelve. Top eleven, yeah, something like that, which is which is ridiculous. But I'm just have... looking through mine right now that I just came up with, and I've got one, two, three, four, five SEC teams in the top fifteen. Right in the top sixteen, you know. I, and that's fine. I mean, I think all five of those are top fifteen teams. I just don't. I don't think they're that. I just don't think they're that high. Yeah. And to that like, point, I've got one, two, three, four, five Big Ten teams in the top fifteen. Yep. Although I guess if you if you do look at the college football playoff rankings, you have Ohio State, Minnesota, Penn State are all in the top ten, and then who are the other? Wisconsin and in Michigan. Michigan are they? I think there's Michigan sitting right at fifteen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what separates Michigan and why they are number 11 here in front of Florida, in front of Wisconsin, in front of Auburn. The reason they're in front of Wisconsin is because of their losses. They lost to Wisconsin. who's a really good team, but they also lost to Penn State. Wisconsin did lose to Illinois, and that sets them back a little. In addition to that, 
Wisconsin's general schedule is not as tough as Michigan's at this point in the year. When you look at Florida and Auburn, it's very similar. The problem with Florida, and this is something I didn't disclose earlier, but for this exercise, um, you know, I've got this matrix of 300 possible scenarios. What's not in there is if you beat an FCS team, I just give you 50 points. That's all you're getting. I treat all FCS opponents the same. I don't penalize you and give you nothing for it. You actually went onto the field that day. There's a possibility somebody on your team, a key starter could get injured, things like that. You played a football game. I don't like that you played an FCS team, but I give you 50 points for it. The problem with Florida and the reason they are lower than Michigan, they play two FCS teams. You know, a lot of these schleps, they'll play one and you make fun of them. These idiots from Florida, they play two of them. And so they only got 50 points for each of those wins, and that's why they are, and they should be. I mean, you should not be rewarded for playing two FCS teams. You shouldn't be rewarded for playing one of them. And so they are behind Michigan. Yeah, I could agree with that. Which is another thing, too, right? And, you know, I go back to the to what brought me here is the conference comparisons. And the simple fact that, you know, the Big Ten, again, I've said this before, I'm only talking about the Big, Big Ten because I've been forced to, right? I don't really care about these teams in the Big Ten. But if I'm the playoff committee, they should be getting a lot of extra credit for the fact that they've only played four freaking FCS teams. Four teams, Nathan. The entire Big Ten Conference has played four FCS teams, and the Florida Gators has played two. <laughs> the Florida Gators by themselves have played half of the FCS teams that the Big Ten Conference has played. Yeah. I mean, and there's a whole moniker, too, because they're all, especially at the end of November, they're all littered. All the big team, big-name teams are littered with FCS teams in the SEC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, Alabama's got theirs coming up this week. Oh, because they need a break from this gauntlet of a schedule. Don't give me that crap. A gauntlet is running through the Big Ten because the Big Ten performed way better than the SEC did, and they're out of conference. And now... In the winter or uh, late fall heading into winter in Big Ten country, you want a gauntlet Alabama, Florida? Come up for that. Yeah. You know, this game against uh, Rutgers is probably going to be in the 30s, 40s. No picnic. Nope. Yeah, I saw, uh, speaking of that, it was cool. I think, was it 2030 that Ohio State and Georgia scheduled a home-and-home yeah. Too, too bad they don't do it in November. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that was the big conversation I saw on the message boards is, hey, you think they're going to actually play us in November? Uh, the only thing I, I, I could add to that, though, is they did have one scheduled not long ago. It was a home and home they had scheduled. I want to say it was probably about five years ago. It's hard to remember. But Georgia ended up backing out of it, and Ohio State had to scramble and, and, and reschedule. So I wouldn't put it past Georgia to do that again as we get closer to 
the 2030 year, which is way, way, way yeah. out there. I would not yeah. be surprised if Georgia pulls out. I wouldn't either. Interesting thing is who's going to be coaching those teams. I don't see Ryan Day being here that long. I, I see him, especially if he has a charmed year this year and wins it. After a few years, I he's probably going to go to the NFL. Yeah. And Kirby Smart isn't terribly smart. Um, and I talked about this in prior episode way back, right, when I said at some point they're going to start a downward tra- trajectory. They just got too much talent right now to start that trajectory, especially with the relative imbalance in the SEC. But it's going to start to happen. And so I don't even know if he'll be there in 2030. Yeah, I mean, it's a full, you know, 10 years. That's a, that's a long time. A lot of stuff can happen. So There's a lot of bombast to be had between now and then. <laughs> Definitely is. Um, yeah. So, any other major things that you saw? Um, I thought it was a little bit surprising that you know they pretty much kept all the same teams in the top twenty-five that lost. So now you have like five three-loss teams sitting up there, right? And they still refuse to you know put a two-loss team like Indiana in there. Yeah, I, I think. Well, yeah, and I mentioned that earlier. We'll talk about it. When I was going through, now I didn't do Indiana with this because going through these 300 buckets is a lot harder than my previous format of just generalizing the uh, top 130 rankings, right? Mm-hmm. But when I did Indiana against that one, they weren't very good. Um you know, they have the loss to Ohio State, so they didn't have as many points taken off for that, but they did lose to Michigan State. They got quite a bit of points taken off for that. Then beyond that, they haven't played anybody. They don't have really anything to overcome right. uh, the points that they lose for that. So, uh, honestly, um, you know, the 20 teams, the, the additional four that I haven't gotten to yet with my new system, uh, SMU, uh, Memphis, uh, SMU, Memphis, Boise State, and Notre Dame. Which, you know, if I'm talking about Iowa, I'm talking about um, Indiana and some of these others. I don't know that they would eat, end up getting as much points as those four. Uh, that being said, I, I guess what I'm getting to is I don't see Indiana really being a top 25 team at this point. I think they've had a great season for them, which is awesome. They should celebrate it, but I don't really see them right now at this point being a top 25 team. Okay. I mean, I, I, they have not played anybody outside of you know, Ohio State, really, and you could – of course, make that argument. Uh, you could also make the argument that they beat, you know, all the group of five teams that are in there as well. So, regardless, you know, at that point, once you get past, you know, usually top fifteen, it really doesn't matter. I think the last interesting thing that I'll point out is, you know, I'm getting banter about 
you know, having a two-loss conference champ, especially from the SEC, find their way into the playoffs, especially if it's Georgia who wins out, beats LSU in the championship game, and uh, or Georgia loses to Auburn, but they still go to the championship game and beat LSU, you know. Yeah, no. Um, I don't see it happening. Um, now, again, what I will say is, well, first of all, Georgia hasn't lost two games yet. No, right. I'm saying if they lose to if they lose to Auburn or, or yeah. somebody before they go to the SEC championship game. Yeah, well, their best bet would be to lose to Auburn. You know, and to be fair, I'm I'm thinking of everything now in terms of this uh, point matrix I put together. And, and so, yeah, for Georgia, their best bet would be to lose to Auburn. But even that, uh, I don't know that they would gain enough points to put them that far ahead. You know, right now, if I go by this point system, again, not perfect, but if I'm using this as my guide right now, they are several hundred points behind. You know, they're over 300, over 300 points behind uh, the number four team. And even with Auburn, they wouldn't lose a lot of points, but they would lose some of those points. And then after that, they don't have anybody until they play LSU. So they're really not picking up points to make up that. Whereas that team, Minnesota, if they were to win out in that regard, they would have a crap ton of points added. Georgia would not be able to overcome that. I think at this point, what I'm getting at is if they are truly objective in the way that I've laid out or a similar way, the Big Ten champion's going to be in. Uh, Clemson's going to be in and frankly a one loss Big 12 and one loss Pac-12 team should probably be in over a two loss SEC champion let alone the peripheral uh, SEC teams with one loss Georgia has to win out yeah I I think they do and of course, the other you know big thing is, you know, let's say LSU you know wins. That's the other thing too. You know, LSU wins, and Ohio State, Ohio State, Clemson all win, and so who's that four spot battle? You know, are you actually going to put Alabama in over a one loss Big Twelve champ or a one loss Pac Twelve champ? You and shouldn't. No, you shouldn't, especially with one loss, and they have the conference champion that should automatically put them in over Alabama, but. Yeah, in that scenario, so a one-loss Alabama, what happens in this scenario is they likely don't make it to the SEC championship, so they're sitting, having not won their division. Uh, They're not getting hardly any points this week by playing an FCS team. Uh, They will get points for beating Auburn, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, again, at that point, a Pac-12 team will have gained a lot more points by them, especially by beating uh, their counterpart, be it Utah or Oregon, in their championship game, which should be enough to put them over Alabama. But again, I'm talking objectively, unlike the committee who make things up as they go along. Seems like they do. And uh, we'll see, especially as we get into championship weekend, you know, where 
where everybody stacks up and where those potential champions, you know, are seated and where those one lost one lost teams that are that haven't won their division are sitting. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing to keep in mind there is, you know, in, in, for my system, and it hasn't gotten there yet because they haven't played those championship games, but every conference champion, no matter who they are, I give a bonus 100 points. You won your championship. That, that, that's Appalachian State if they win theirs. That's UC if they win theirs. That's Al, uh, not Alabama, but that's LSU if they win theirs, right? I say that because, again, I've got UC – at number 13, they've got some points to pick up. Um, they got some, not as much as what some of these others could pick up, but if they keep winning and if they win decisively and they were to win their conference championship, right, even they may start to equate themselves with Alabama point-wise toward the end of the year. Problem is, is this all... We are in our current state is because there is a fallacy, and it is a big fallacy that the SEC is supreme. It isn't. It just is not. No, and I mean the SEC has, you know, an elite or two teams, three pretty you know high quality teams, and then the rest really suck. I mean, yeah. That's really how it is. There's really no middle ground this time. Yep. Um, really, and that and that's the problem. You have those the same ones, and everybody's you know goo- gooing and guying over, but I fail to look at the rest of the conference or the other conferences, for that matter. Right? They just don't genuinely really look at those other conferences to see how they perform. Yeah, so again, for our half a dozen listeners out there, <laughs> for our half a dozen listeners, how did we get here, right? Past two years, right? We could go three, and because I'll admit that three years ago, SEC had an incredible bowl record. But the further you go out, the less impactful it is. So the last two years, SEC, not good at all in bowls, uh, especially compared to the Big Ten. Coming into this year, the SEC, when you compare out-of-conference uh, schedules, and the reason I think that's important, because all of these conferences, these Power Five conferences, have played between 30 and 40 games. That's a lot of games. It is. Right? So when you start to see that, hey, you've got the Big 12 and the Big 10 winning 80% of those out-of-conference games, and the SEC is only winning 72 and then you see that the SEC is only winning 72% because they bolster it by playing 10 FCS teams. And you see that they're terrible against the group of five teams. And you see that they're almost 500 against Power Five. Where's the SEC mightiness? Terrible the last two years in bowl games. Coming into this year, at least third compared to all the conferences in terms of out-of-conference schedule. How can anyone objectively tell me that the SEC is the best conference? They can't. And I just reiterated all that for our half a dozen listeners. <laughs> you, should, uh, you should go on the uh, Paul Feinbaum show and tell them all that. <laughs> do watch the Feinbaum show every once in a while. And I even said the other day, I said, you know, I want to I call and I want to tell them some of this stuff. I want to drop the data bombs on Pine bomb, 
<laughs> uh, I would I would love to hear some of his excuses on uh, on some of that. It'd probably be the same line. Well, are you telling me you think Alabama if they play Baylor, Baylor's going to win? No, but that's not the point. At this point in the year, Baylor has done more to be deserving of a top four or close to it than Bama has. Number one, number two. I am convinced that this particular year, the way Bama's played, the way Bama's been, you know, bleeding points, and the fact that Baylor has a somewhat decent defense. Yeah, I think Bama probably would win, but guess what? I don't think it's going to be – it's not going to be more than three touchdowns, probably closer to two or less. I think right. I think Oklahoma Sooners would beat Alabama this year. And so I say that because I think Baylor's going to give Oklahoma a game. They may not beat Oklahoma, but they're going to give them a game. And if I think Oklahoma can beat Alabama, because, again, they're named teams, they're brands. Oklahoma's been to the playoffs, right? You know, so if I did, were to say to Paul or anybody else, you know what, I think Oklahoma could beat Alabama this year, aside from the staunch Alabama SEC fan who doesn't want to hear any differently, a lot of people say, yeah, you may be right. Okay. And if I may be right, and we can agree that Baylor is probably going to give Oklahoma a game, why can't it not be logically followed that Baylor could probably give Bama a game this year? Not last year, not next year, because I think Bama stands to be extremely good next year. This year. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, it's hard. Well, that's just the other thing, too. You know, the last thing I'll probably say is, you know, these defenses, especially both both Alabama and LSU, are horrendous. I mean, they're not great. And that was pretty much Ohio State's last year. But their offense was good enough to cancel that out. Or, you right. know, when the defense messed up, the offense was there to win those close games, to win those shootouts, which probably should have never have happened. And, you know, you hear all the slack for it against Ohio State last year about how poorly the defense is, but you don't hear it this year for Alabama or even LSU. I know. Well, that's what got me on the rant with Georgia and and South Carolina. At the end of the day, South Carolina is going to struggle. I don't think they're going to get to a bowl. You know, what people forget about is last year, and I think the year prior, and I have to go look at it, but last year at least, Purdue went to a bowl. Yeah, so Ohio State should never have lost that badly to Purdue. I uh, cannot defend that. But Purdue did end up going to a bowl. South Carolina is not going to a bowl. Purdue beat Ohio State at home. South Carolina beat Georgia at Georgia. Yeah, with the... Third string QB, if I'm not mistaken. You were exactly right with a third string QB. So, more data bomb. Speaking okay. Of, speaking yeah. of which, speaking of which, um, Ohio State or uh, Alabama is now one and two against Ohio State third string QBs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I think that probably wraps it up. Yep. I was uh, 
good long data driven <laughs> that's right data-driven. discussion but uh yeah no it was uh, it was interesting and yeah it just you know brings back to the point i wish the committee was more objective but at this point you know we're we're not going to get it so right all right we'll talk to you tomorrow uh, all right sounds good for uh some of the bigger games yep one of the bigger games tomorrow. <laughs>